Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. If you want to improve your communication for more love and less conflicts, I have an app for that. Download Keep the Glow wherever you get your apps and start with two weeks free. Well, today we, we have a special treat. We have Nick and Amy from the Ultimate Intimacy app. And they're here to share their experience, their expertise on emotional intimacy versus sexual intimacy, which is a topic all of you can probably probably relate to. So Nick and Amy, thank you for being on the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us today. So yeah, excited. sure. Yeah. So if we could um, just walk us through your history, like what got you into the field of helping couples? Um, tell us a little bit about your marriage, if you'd like to, and bring us up to what you're currently working on now to, to help couples. Amy, I think you better take this over because our story is always a little bit different when I tell it. If he tells it, I got to like, you know, correct it a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so we have been married almost 21 years. We have four kids um, in the ages of 10 to 18. And it was about year, year 10 that we started having some, um, what would you call it? Like financial struggles because of um, trying to start businesses and be entrepreneurs. And I don't know, we're raising small kids and our communication, we have quite a story with that, but I won't share the whole thing, but we started having some real lack of emotional connection and lack of good, healthy um, communication tools in our marriage. And so I thought that because I wasn't uh, craving sexual intimacy as much as he was, there was something wrong with me that maybe I was broken in some way. And after, you know, do some research, I'm creating the app and implementing some things to spice things up. I realized like what an amazing puzzle it is to have all those areas of intimacy and try and balance those out in a marriage. And once you really figure that out and talk about those things, our marriage just changed completely around and became, you know, from like that, well, well yeah. yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I think to kind of fill in on what you said, I think she felt like there was something needing to be fixed in the sexual intimacy aspect of our marriage when, when, and maybe accidentally found out that it was the emotional side as well. And when we got those two things clicking, it was just amazing how our marriage completely changed. I mean, sure. just amazing. So Amy came and said, Hey, there's got to be a lot of other people out there like us that need a safe place to go for information um, that could really utilize what we've learned and the mm -hmm. things that we've impl implemented. And so she says, let's build an app. And I said, okay, let's do it. And so we we built the app in about 2000, late 2017 and uh, it's just exploded, um, but it's been, been pretty amazing. And we really just uh, wanted to save time for people to go learn from experts, all those different areas of intimacy, which is why we call the ultimate intimacy and it's literally changed our marriage personally. And we just want to help as many marriages yeah. as we can now. So that's, wow, we're that's at. awesome. So you're really uh, paying it forward. It sounds like trying. we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't it interesting that women who have low sexual desire can sometimes feel like, am I broken? But men who don't desire emotional intimacy almost never think, am I broken? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that interesting that it's like this double standard that you know, why don't men struggle wondering if they're broken by not desiring emotional intimacy? Yep. No, you never hear so that. True. Yeah. And what, one of the things we've really learned is that emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy go hand in hand. I mean, yeah. 
for, for the majority of couples out there, if one of those is lacking, the other is typically going to be lacking as well. And so that really is that balance of having both of those, mm-hmm. those being met, right? To, and, you know, couples that have good marriages, we see that have great emotional intimacy and also have great sexual intimacy. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's like two sides of the puzzle piece. So what was your guys' experience with this challenge with emotional intimacy versus sexual intimacy? What was kind of some of your personal challenges in your own relationship that you guys went through? So I think I can take a lot of the blame on this side that I and a lot of women have expressed this to me, that they don't know how to express to their husbands what necessarily they want in the bedroom. That's really, really hard for a lot of women. And if the emotional connection is missing at all, that makes it a hundred times harder, right? So I found when we started having those conversations about what I would like to try and try new, we want to try new things and what's okay. And how do we make the bedroom more fun after 20 or this was like year 12 or whatever. Yeah. When we started talking about those things, we started being able to talk about everything. It made everything easy to talk about. And that's where everything changed because yeah, for most women, we are not going to crave being sexually intimate at all if we do not feel 100% safe, secure, and emotionally stable and secure with our spouse. So that really is the foundation of what we're talking about. And that's how I felt that when we could really get on an emotional level where I knew he was listening and caring and understanding, everything got better from that point. Well, I think you hit it right on. Um, We almost maybe stumbled into it backwards, right? But Mm -hmm. once um, we had started having really good communication in the bedroom, it was amazing how our communication outside of the bedroom got so much better. So kind of of meeting more of the emotional needs now, right? When we were going through tough things, it was a lot of of times really hard to talk about things. We didn't want to have an argument or things Mm -hmm. like that. So There were parts of the emotional intimacy or that conversation that was lacking. But again, once we learned to, I guess, communicate in the bedroom, it it just changed our communication outside of the bedroom. Because if you can talk about sex, you can talk about anything. Wow. So it just, you know, like I said, maybe we did it a little bit backwards, (laughs) but I think we figured it out. And, And so now we're just like, oh, we can we can talk about anything in and out of the bedroom. And as our emotional intimacy is really good, obviously, the the sexual intimacy, we want to connect um, in an intimate way as well. And so, yeah, just yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, that is backwards because most couples, they have to work at communication outside the bedroom and learn to open up there. And then it spills over yes. into the bedroom But you guys somehow discovered how do we how to open up in the bedroom? And then that made you open up outside the bedroom. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so Amy, Amy, you made a comment that, you know, for a woman, if they don't feel safe and secure, there's no way they're going to be open to sexual intimacy. So from your perspective, what does it take? What does a husband need to do to cultivate an environment to help the the wife feel safe and secure? What does that look like? What does that require? Well, what I've found is that you say that like, and women admit this, that they need that emotional connection. But I think that men do too, because every time we throw out a post or a survey about this, the men are like, well, I need that stuff too. I need mm-hmm. that as bad as she does. So I think what we've done first off, the big problem is that we've put a division in this, like you need this and I need this. 
well, I need the sexual yeah. intimacy as much as he does. And he needs the emotional intimacy as much as I do. But we, we need them in different ways, right? So for a woman, most women, they need their husband to, to care. They need that quality time. They need your, your spouse to put their phone down, which both of us need. Those, those things that make you feel valued and loved and listened to. And not, well, of course, respect, right? And but I think it goes both ways. I, and so the, the entire problem that we're finding is that gap. Well, I want, I feel loved because you want to make love to me. Well, I feel loved when you touch me non-sexually and don't just always want the sex. Like we, we have different needs. And so it all comes down to what do you need? What do I need? How do we talk about this with being resentful about it and holding back and, 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 you know, keeping that communication open, which can be really, really hard because we always hear, oh, we don't want our wives to nag and we don't want our husbands to close down. All of this can be fixed with good communication. It really, really can. But for so many couples, it's hard. It, mm-hmm. It's hard. Well, not to get off track, but I think this will will help with part of this. You know, we, we've done um, a couple podcasts and also an article on this of, of the games that couples play. You know, when the mm-hmm. when the husband isn't getting the sexual intimacy he wants, he's going to withdraw the emotional intimacy. Almost, and, and couples do this almost like to punish each other, whether knowingly or not knowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, hey, I'm not getting what I need. Why am I going to give you what you need? And it, you slowly see couples just drift apart. And it's like, OK, who's going to who's going to give in first? Right. And so. I mean, like, like you said, if we can, if we can learn to have that good communication and talk about those things um, and, and when the husband's meeting the emotional needs of the wife, the wife's meeting the sexual needs of the husband. And, and we know, obviously, every relationship's not like that, but um, sometimes the wife is the higher desire spouse yeah. or, or yeah. what have you. We've talked about that yeah. as well, but uh, yes. it's, it's amazing when couples can sit down and talk about that, how quickly they can, you know, I guess, figure things out or, or um, identify what's going on. Sure. Yeah. That's been my experience also where it's so easy for couples to get into that vicious cycle where one partner is not having their emotional needs met. So they pull away physically. The other partner is not getting their physical needs met. So they pull away emotionally. And then it is, it's a chicken or the egg. Like, well, now what do we do? Cause now we're in this vicious cycle the more you pull, yeah. the more you don't provide my need, the more I pull away and vice versa. And so who is going to go first? And sometimes people feel like, you know, the high libido partner has to do everything perfect. They have to like do everything just right. And then maybe if they're lucky, their low libido partner will be open to sexual connection. And then they can start getting burned out. Like it's up to them to do all the work. Uh, what do you guys okay. say to high libido partners who may be struggling, feeling like I got to do everything perfect and do all the work? And only then, if I'm lucky, will my low libido partner be open to sexual connection? I, I think going back to it, it's actually really simple is what we've seen um, is which I know it's boring, but it comes back to communication. I can't tell you how many couples contact us and, and with this issue and say, hey, I'm the higher desire spouse and I, I really need this. And the first question we ask is, well, have you talked about it? And 90 to 95% of the time, it's like, well, no, I don't dare to, or I, I don't want to cause an argument. And so, so often their spouse might not even know that this is an issue because they haven't even talked about it. So the, the first thing we say is communicate. I mean, almost any issue can be resolved with good, open, honest communication. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to agree to everything. Like maybe the 
the, the low desire spouse isn't going to agree with what the higher desire spouse wants or vice versa. But with that good communication, hopefully you can find something to, you know, kind of meet in the middle. Like mm-hmm. in Amy's and my relationship, Amy has um, zero, um, libido. zero libido, right? <laughs> you can put it out there. Zero. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Amy is never going to be the one, I, I shouldn't say never, but um, cause she doesn't, it doesn't naturally. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm the high desire spouse. So in our relationship, we have a great sex life, but it's because we've talked about it and, you know, open and honestly, and Amy really understands, you know, how I feel, how I feel loved when we make love, that's the way I feel loved. And I think that's for a lot of men as well. Understanding the love languages, obviously, you know, I'm a physical touch guy and I guess just really come down coming down to good open communication. So now that we have that good open communication, she understands what what I need and, and, and how I feel loved and why I need it. And I understand where she's at. And so we found a balance that works really well for us in our marriage. You know, it's mm-hmm. typically a couple of times a week. And and you know, that's that's a really good balance for us. And so I think if couples can have that communication, uh, they can really find what works best for them in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I want to add if I'm talking to the low drive spouse, which is often the wife, um, I would say I have had to step back and realize that his needs are just important as my needs. And whether I'm in the mood or not, and we talk about this a lot, that is what foreplay is for. So when we have this good communication like I'm, I'm sexual. Like I enjoy making love to my husband yeah. because I truly love him. And he always like puts me first in the bedroom, makes sure I'm taken care of. We talk about stuff because of that, because of that good, healthy communication and healthy relationship that we have gotten to, I can literally say, I know this is important to you. I know that you like it often. I know that's how you feel loved. I know that's how you feel connected to me. Tonight's the night. Let's spend an hour tonight. Let's put our phones away early, whatever it takes. Even if I'm not in the mood, I can initiate, which so many wives don't want to hear. I can initiate not being in the mood because I know that that's what foreplay is for, right? And I know that he'll take care of me and listen to me, the things I want. So yes, like (laughs) it's all about communication, but it's also realizing I love my husband. He loves me. How do we make each other happy? And that's what marriage is all about. Well, and I want to hit on something really quick that she said, because I think this is really, in my opinion, changed over time, right? So, you know, whether it was 20 years ago or 25 years, whatever, nothing's really changed between men and women or a husband and a wife. Like the way that this was dealt with is, hey, you got to practice good foreplay techniques. You, you the whole purpose of floor foreplay is to get your spouse in the mood. I think society now a lot tells us that, Hey, if the, if one spouse isn't in the mood, then that's you, it's off limits, right? Like foreplay is almost gone away. Like you're either in the mood or you're not in the mood. And if you're not in the mood then you stay away. And I think, I think that's really sad because again, that's the whole purpose of foreplay is to get a lower desire, lower drive spouse in the mood. And as long as obviously they're, they're open and comfortable with that, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing, nothing, no coercion or anything like that. But I just that's, wanted- well, that's kind of why we created the app because if women are like, I'm not in the mood, I'm too tired. It's been a long day. Okay. How do we make sexual intimacy more exciting? And that's where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm bored. Let's, 
let's try a new position. Let's play, let's play a game that's appropriate. Um, and there wasn't, there's not much out there you can find that's appropriate, which is why we created the app because right. we wanted it to have a safe space where you're not going to see stuff that you don't want to see. And so talking and trying new things and keeping it fun and the husband really, or the wife, um, just really getting to know each other's bodies and techniques and what feels good to you and having that open, open communication changes everything. So then you go from, oh, it's just another thing I have to do for my spouse to help me enjoy it. Let's make this awesome in this marriage. Let's make this something that we can both look forward to. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, then it never feels like a chore. It feels like a way to unite and embrace each other. And the emotional intimacy, you know, is going to get stronger, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of... <laughs> well, not, and not to say too much, but the final thing I'll say on this as well is so much of it is attitude, right? If, sure. you, if, if, if you go into it and you're like, if, if you're a low desire spouse and you go into it and like, I hate sex. It's that, always for it's yourself. Yeah. You're, you're always going to look at that. And I, it's amazing how many people we hear that all they do is change their perspective. And even in some cases, that spouse becomes the higher desire spouse just because they've changed their attitude and changed their perspective on how they look at sexual mm -hmm. intimacy together. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me of uh, something I tell couples I work with as well, which is for lower drive partners, sexuality is responsive, not spontaneous, which is exactly what you guys are describing, meaning that the question should not be, am I in the mood? The question is, am I open to getting in the mood? Because yes. I won't be in the mood until after something begins. That's why I'm responsive. Um, so yeah, that is a, a, a mistake. A lot of lower drive partners make as they think, am I in the mood? Nope, I'm not. Therefore, no. I'm not open to anything, but the question should be, am I open to getting in the mood, knowing that I'm not going to feel anything, no arousal until after foreplay begins? That's exactly yeah, what you guys are talking like, about. That's exactly like Amy. 100% of the time she'll get in the mood and she knows that. And she says that she says, Hey, I know that may, maybe I'm not in the mood now, but I know I can get in the mood. And that's why for our relationship, she's always open to, yeah, let's, let's make but love. a positive mindset about sexual intimacy comes from a healthy, secure, trusting, loving, caring, strong, emotional foundation intimacy, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So what would Just, you recommend? This is kind of a two-part question. What would you recommend to higher drive partners who may not really see the significance of emotional intimacy? What would you recommend to them to value that more and to nurture that more? And what would you recommend to low drive partners who may not really value sexual intimacy? Like, what would you encourage them to see the benefits of the sexual connection? That's, that's a really, really yeah. good question. And I think a tough one. But I think, again, having that communication, um, you always have to look at, I think, um, your spouse's, your, where your spouse is coming from, right? I mean, you, you have to kind of put yourself in their shoes, so to speak. And so I think, you know, I think that's the only way you can really meet in the middle or, or, get a resolution or figure something out that works is to understand where they're coming from. And then hopefully they can understand where you're coming from. And again, I think the boring answer is coming back to that communication and saying, what, what can we do to figure out what works for us both that makes us both happy. And uh, I, mean, yeah. I know that's the boring <laughs> answer, but I'll give you a funner answer. <laughs> yeah. You do use the better one. I would say to the one that wants, that doesn't know how to give better uh, emotional intimacy, I would say look at it instead of just like a talking communication kind of thing, 
There's so many ways to strengthen emotional intimacy. Go find a new hobby together, fun interest together. Get outside and do something fun that's like romantic to your spouse. Go take a walk and hold hands. Um, learn, cook together. Um, try something that you can emotionally connect in a different way because it's not always just about talking. Like well, it's about having fun together and being romantic together and trying new things together. And on the other hand, I would say to the low, the low drive spouse to have a higher want for sexual intimacy to make it more fun. And that's what I needed in our marriage. Play a game, try something new, try somewhere new, go on an overnighter together so you can really figure out how to make it more, I don't know, just being in a different place, right? Makes it more exciting. And yeah, talking about it, but get yourself out of your normal. Well, you, you hit it right on the head. And I think I, I like to keep it simple and say, look at the things you were doing when you were dating and you yes. fell in love. Like for everyone, when they were dating, like they they spent so much time together. They talked together. They did fun things together. They were dating. They All those things. And then couples often wonder why their relationship later on isn't like what it used to be. And I can promise you that every single one of them have stopped doing the same things they were doing when they were dating. And if couples would just really go back and simplify things and say, okay, let's let's start dating again. Let's start doing the things that we were doing when we were dating. Almost guarantee that that's going to fix so many of the barriers that are keeping them from having that emotional and physical intimacy that they want. Yeah. My top tip, put your phone down, stop scrolling, go have fun together. Yeah, it's really true. You know, the, all these courting behaviors we have that makes us fall in love, we stop them after we're married, after we're together for a while, and then we wonder why we still don't feel in love. And it's almost yeah. like common sense, but it's such an easy trap for all of us to fall into. So well, that's why for us included, you know, we, we stopped doing date night and we, we literally decided we're going to start doing date night. And so we started doing date night on a weekly basis. And that was one of the things that completely changed our marriage as well. So mm. I believe that couples, if they simply just start dating each other again and doing those things, uh, that'll transform their relationship. And that sure. means planning a date, planning something fun, getting ready for each other, making it exciting. It takes a little bit of effort, right? And we lose that effort when we're stressed. When we add kids, when we add trials, we lose yeah. that effort because we're putting our effort into other things. And if you, if you want to be your, your marriage to be top priority and to be amazing, you have got to put as much effort as now than you did when you first got married. You just do. It takes yeah. effort. Mm -hmm. So you guys have both mentioned a couple of times it comes back to communication. It's all about communication. What would be some just real simple starting steps for couples who don't even know what that means? Like, how do I even start with communication? What does that even look like? What would be some concrete steps to get started on that? I love that you asked that question because that is the biggest problem for people. And that, and again, that's one of the things we we really designed the app around is we put a conversation starters in there. And I can't tell you how many people um, come back and say, that's my favorite part of the app is the conversation starters have all different sections of different mm -hmm. topics, such as, you know, sex, intimacy, the emotional aspect, spiritual, whatever. And those are things that can really get couples to just prompts to start getting those conversations going. I think for a lot of couples, they they don't know what to do or they don't know the questions to ask to get these good conversations going. And so, you know, just some conversation starters can be a real good thing to get some of those conversations going in those different topics and, and things yeah. like that to get comfortable. Because I think for a lot of couples, what we see is 
they're really scared to kind of jump into it. But once they do, they're like, oh, I wasn't that hard to have that conversation. Just mm-hmm. like us in our relationship, once we got past that scary point and realized that wasn't so bad, then it becomes more comfortable. And the more you do it, the more comfortable it becomes. So, mm-hmm. And I would have to add in with conversation is, and I think a lot of us start lacking this years into marriage, is we stop being curious about our spouse. You have to stay curious. You have to want to learn new things about them. I mean, we're always changing as people. Like no matter how long you've been married, you're different every single year. You're always changing and growing. And so staying curious about your spouse and not this thing. And we've been married 20 years or 10 years or five years or whatever it is. They're still changing. I still got to keep getting to know them. I, I need to stay curious about them. So I love what you said, like the conversation we have, like just regular conversations in all categories. We have intimate conversations that can really help people dive into the more the sexual intimacy because it's hard. It's hard to start yeah. some of those conversations, but even after 20 years, we'll run into a couple that were like, <laughs> That's so crazy. We've never even talked about that in 20 years. But it's so true. It's just like, you know, we we travel a little bit and, you know, we'll have a four hour drive and it's almost like we'll start a conversation. And then for the next four hours, (laughs) we're just like totally in depth in it. And by the time we get to our place, we're like, oh, that was quick. You know, there's getting into that. And then then the floodgates kind of open. There's always Mm -hmm. something to learn. Yeah, that's great. That reminds me of uh, John Gottman, the marriage researcher his concept of a love map, which you may have heard of, which is we're always evolving. We're always changing what, what I'm worried about, happy about, excited about now is different than three weeks ago, three years ago. And the analogy of a map is that if you're going to a city for the first time, you would never get an outdated map. You would never go to like Denver, Colorado and say, I'm going to use a map that's 20 years old or 50 years old because there's always changes, right? New buildings, new bridges, new roads, Therefore, you always want the most current map to know your way around. And likewise, in marriage, we need to stay updated because we're always changing and we're always growing in some different way. And often we get outdated. And one of the loneliest things is feeling like my partner really doesn't know me. They're outdated with my love map. And then that's when you really start pulling away. And so, yeah, that's great. I appreciate you bringing that up. So as we wind down, what would be some main takeaways you want to leave with the audience on this whole co- concept talk uh, discussion on emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy? I would have to say that for most wives, your husband, I think most women need to know that their husband wants to be sexual intimacy intimate with them, not because of sex. It's literally the way yeah. they connect. They feel loved. They feel valued. They feel appreciated and it can go vice versa, low drive, high drive. I think that is so important to know because once, like Nick said, you change that mindset and you're like, it's positive. This isn't just about something. No one wants to feel pressured into anything. Like that's just turn off so fast. Once you realize that that is how they feel love and it's an intimate way to connect, I think it changes everything. I do too. And we've done, we've done several polls, but one of the polls we did is the impact of how important sexual intimacy is in a healthy and happy marriage. And the audience, our audience polled uh, was like 91% that said, yes, um, frequent sexual intimacy is required for us to have a happy and healthy marriage. And so like hitting on what Amy said, I, I think a lot, a lot of times women don't realize how important it is for, for a man and talking, you know, getting back to kind of the games that are being played, you know, with the emotional and the sexual, I think if hus- husbands can really 
focus and realize how important the emotional aspect is to their wives and really try to do a better job of providing providing the emotional needs of their spouse. Um, you know, when 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 both those needs are met or the emotional needs are met, the 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 low desire spouse is going to be a lot more likely to want to be sexually intimate as well. And so I think you hit it right on. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. You just yeah. marriage, marriage takes work, commitment and unselfishness and major communication. It just takes all those things. But, but I think couples need to be realistic and realize how important um, sexual intimacy and emotional intimacy, obviously both are required to have a real happy and successful marriage. You can't have one without the no. other. If, yeah. if, yeah. if wife just thinks, well, my husband just wants sex and I don't want it. Therefore, we're not going to do it it's going to be virtually impossible to have, have a really good marriage and, and, you know, with the emotional intimacy as well, if a husband's not providing that to his wife. Yeah. And it's equivalent, right? So for a low drive person to say, Oh, I don't care about sex. We're not going to do that is equivalent to a high drive partner saying, I don't care about emotional intimacy. We're not going to do it. And so it's, it's painful, right? Both directions. And so having compassion for how your partner is wired and then if you're both motivated and the relationship's in a healthy place, then you can really start having fireworks in and outside the bedroom. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's exactly why we call it ultimate intimacy. When things are clicking on all oh. levels of intimacy, like nothing is better. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just, it's an amazing place and, you know, it takes a lot of work to stay to that level as just life, things happen and crap happens in life. But when you can get there, it's an amazing place. Sure. Absolutely. So for the audience who are listening, if they want to follow up and get to know you guys more, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? So you can find us on Instagram at Ultimate Intimacy app or yeah. And our website is ultimateintimacy.com and you can download our app for free in the app stores at just research Ultimate Intimacy. All right. Well, thanks, Nick and Amy for being on the podcast. I really appreciate all your tips. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Okay. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. To learn more about my app, Keep the Glow, and my marriage boot camp, be sure to check the links in the description. And if you enjoyed the episode today, I would love for you to leave a review and share this episode with one other person. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. If you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.